Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. Instagram is down, which means you guys haven't seen me today. And I miss you guys. I hope Instagram is back up tomorrow, tonight. I can't wait to be on it. So I can put out that content, that fire content that you guys are used to. <laughs> All right, let's get right into the waiver wires, man. Um, uh, this this waiver wire segment is gonna have a lot of names. I mean, a lot of things happen. Some running backs got hurt, so it's an interesting week. Uh, you might not have to spend up too much on some of these guys, but obviously, you know, the big name I think this week is probably Damian Williams uh, because of the David Montgomery injury. Um, but David Montgomery, it looks like he has a hyper-extended knee. doesn't look like an ACL, but Montgomery, uh, he can miss a few weeks. He's going to be the primary back, Damian Williams, and uh, Khalil Herbert will be his backup. For now, I- I'd assume Williams will be like the near-every-down guy unless his thigh bruise is significant enough. By the way, Damian Williams does have a, a thigh bruise too, but it seems like he's going to be fine to play next week. Um but like unless his thigh bruise is significant enough to the point where he can't handle a full workload next week i do think that he'll be like the every down guy um he, he has a lot of ppr value as well like he's a good pass catcher he has speed uh and I, he, he's a good fit in this offense he could be good um you know while montgomery is out um i think he'll be a solid rb2 as long as he's out montgomery's out and i think he's worth about 20 to 25 percent of fab uh, and maybe more if you're desperate at the running back position. It, it, it really depends on, on what your situation is at running back. Samaji Pirine, um, he should be added as well with Joe Mixon potentially missing a week or two with an ankle injury. It's supposedly minor, uh, but Pirine will have, you know, you know he's going to be able to fill in for you for a week or two whether you have Mixon or not. He's going to be a low-end RB2, most likely in my ranks, uh, while Mixon's out. Chris Evans played only two snaps last week. He didn't see a touch. Pirine did get 16 snaps. Ran eight routes uh, to Evans, two routes. Um, I do expect this to be a little bit more of a committee, but I think Piran will be the primary back. I can see him being on the field for like 65% of plays or something like that. Latavius Murray, uh, he's still available in about about more than 40, 50% of Yahoo leagues, and he led the Ravens' backfield after Tyson Williams 
was declared a healthy scratch before their game on Sunday. Uh, he was in the field for 63% of snaps and saw 18 carries. Uh, so on a run-heavy run offense, you know, he could pro- produce some numbers. I, I was pretty surprised about the Tyson Williams scratch. Uh, but, you know, they activated Le'Veon Bell. So he was the second back in line. Um, but Latavius Murray was still, like, the, the main ball carrier. So it looks like he's the guy they're trusting for now. And he could potentially be an RB2 for you all year long. So if he's available, you know, maybe he's someone you prioritize to get like a full season's worth of work um, for you instead of Damian Williams, who might be, you know, you have to spend a little bit, but he'll definitely be the be- the best player out of these three guys over the next couple of weeks while Montgomery is out. All right, a couple more running backs. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, uh, he's not getting a ton of opportunity, but he's someone who can give you a bit of PPR value. Uh, plus some red zone chances. The Eagles Eagles do like to use him in the red zone. And if Miles Sanders were to ever have an injury, uh, Gainwell would become an instant must-start uh, based on the role he already has in the pass game and the role he already has in the red zone and inside the 10. Um, Brandon Bolden, he took over the James White role uh, just like he he did in week three, like even like in that same game that White got hurt. I, I thought J.J. Taylor would see an increase in playing time you know, after a week of practice um, and it not just happening happening so suddenly in week three. Uh, but it doesn't seem to be the case, uh, especially after he lost the fumble on Sunday night too. Uh, so Bolden was the guy on passing downs. He caught all, caught all six of his targets for 51 yards. So he, he's going to be like a PPR flex most weeks if that role continues for him. Uh, this is a gross one, uh, Malcolm Brown. <laughs> uh, it's crazy how Miles Gaskins role keeps getting worse and worse. I'm not prioritizing Brown, but I'd add him for depth for now to see what happens. He played on 67% of snaps, which is relatively significant. He ran more routes than Gaskin uh, and saw nine total opportunities to Gaskin's two. Crazy. Uh, Michael Carter, you know, he led the Jets backfield uh, and his time, his playing time is just increasing um, as the weeks go on. Carter led the Jets backfield in snaps, carries, uh, he had eight, 13 carries in this game compared to the seven carries split between Ty Johnson and Tevin Coleman. He also led the backfield in routes run, which is a change. Um, he's someone who can be startable soon because he also you know, got a lot of playing time inside the five-yard line as well against the Titans on Sunday. Uh, Khalil Herbert, you know, obviously, obviously I mentioned him earlier. You know, I think he's the leftover cheap waiver wire ad that makes sense with the Montgomery injury. I liked Herbert coming out. Uh, I thought he was an underrated sleeper you know, workhorse type of running back because he did have good a good uh, production in college and he has like a skill set to potentially be a three-down guy. Um, I'll add him because Williams, you know, does have a thigh bruise and, you know, also in case Williams himself gets hurt and there's no one left on that bear squad, I think Herbert can can, can do his thing uh, and be a little bit of a diamond in the rough if he gets opportunity. All right, moving on to wide receivers. Uh, Darnell Mooney, he led the team in target share. Um... This week, he's been leading the team in target share throughout, you know, the first four weeks of the season. He's right there with Allen Robinson. Uh, and this is the second straight game with Justin Fields preferring him. And, you know, they connected in a big way in this game, over 100 yards. This is kind of what we were waiting for with Mooney and why he was a sleeper. And it came to fruition. If, if this um, offense can continue to get better, Mooney can be a big-time fantasy asset. Um, and, you know, his numbers, underlying usage, really supports you know, him putting up big numbers for the rest of the season, you know, assuming that this offense can, can really get it together. Kadarius Tony ran only four less routes than Kenny Galladay on Sunday, and he led the Giants in targets with nine. 
Uh, he showed some serious ankle-breaking ability. He caught six balls for 78 yards. It doesn't look like Sterling Shepard or Darius Slayton uh, will be back this week. Uh, so Tony can potentially just be plugged in into lineups this week as like a flex option, wide receiver three flex option against Dallas. Could be a, could be a shootout there too. Um, th- these lines, wide receivers, you know, are interesting, and you kind of want to get an idea of you know as these games move on, like who you know who's going to put up better production most weeks, right? So you're looking at Quintess Cephas, you're looking at Amara St. Brown. Uh, Cephas is getting enough production to be a viable flex. He has a good matchup this week against Minnesota. Uh, over 10 PPR fantasy points in three or four weeks at this point. Uh, he went over 80 yards on five targets. He did run the most routes of all the wide receivers. Uh, Amon Ra, he tied with TJ Hawkinson for the team lead uh, with eight targets this week. Caught six for 70. You know, he might be coming on a bit as a rookie. We know it takes some time with them, so it's worth taking a shot on him in PPR leagues. Uh, you know, obviously he has a good matchup too against Minnesota. But sometimes th- these games, co- uh, you know, come in a little bit later in the season. So it's worth taking a shot, you know, if you have the room in a deeper league. Uh, and we know this Lions team is going to be in a lot of negative game scripts. So I guess it's worth, you know, just kicking the tires on some of these guys and, and, and see what sticks. Jameson Crowder. Um, Elijah Moore was out this week, but Crowder can still, you know, make some room for himself as a fantasy asset because, he, you know, he's a good player. Right. He only ran two less routes than Corey Davis. He led the team in targets with nine. Uh, and, and Elijah Moore's return will likely make this team a little bit unpredictable at first. But, you know, we could potentially get some clarity after a few weeks. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if Crowder was the one or the two. He, he can be the three, too. Um, you know, just looking at this wide receiver room. But he should be rostered. Uh, we know he's talented. And he could potentially be, like I said, one of the main weapons on this offense. Uh, Curtis Samuel is a good pickup if he's available. Uh, Samuel ran only 13 routes in his first game back. or Well, first game overall, right, for Washington. Uh, but he was targeted four times. On 13 routes. So that's 31% um, target rate. So like if you're being targeted on 31% of your routes, that's a great sign. So as he becomes the full-time guy opposite McLaurin, which can happen as soon as next week potentially, he can become very startable. Uh, so if he's available, I'll, I'll, I would definitely look to pick him up. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, if he's available, I think he's available only in about 40% of Yahoo leagues. But if he's available, you know, he might be unlocked with DJ Shark out for the season. Chenault was running a lot more routes deeper than usual this week, and, and that's very welcome for his fantasy value. That was my main concern with him. All the routes around the line of scrimmage, being targeted around the line of scrimmage, you know, he just he had to do a lot of work for him to become very fantasy relevant. So that, that was a good thing. So, you know, if, if that continues, he could potentially be an every week wide receiver three. And, and he gets Tennessee this week, so you could potentially start him as soon as this week. Um, I, I was talking shit about AJ Green last week, but he's becoming a bit of a boom-bust flex now. And that's a good thing. Uh, AJ Green, um, only six targets uh, in each game this year, but he's got it done over the last three weeks, whether it was a touchdown or whether, you know, he did it with yardage the the week before with over 100 yards. So, you know, if you're in a deeper league, I'm cool picking him up and, you know, playing him in a pinch if you have to. Hunter Renfro, still available in a majority of leagues. He's a solid PPR at a wide receiver, can potentially be relied on as a PPR wide receiver three on a weekly basis. I am recording this before the Monday night game, by the way, and, you know, if he does another, you know, has another good game, like he, I would say that he solidifies himself as a PPR wide receiver three. Uh, Randall Cobb, you know, he had a two touchdown day. Um, he was targeted six times on 25 routes. That's 25% of routes. That's, that's good. We would love for those routes to come up a little bit because he's not running as many routes as Alan Lazard. 
but it looks like Rodgers just clearly favors Cobb, you know, especially over Lazard. Uh, so with the MVS injury, Cobb can potentially be a flex option against Cincinnati and then Chicago the next two weeks. All right, moving on to quarterbacks, uh, Trey Lance. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to be out this week and maybe even longer with a calf injury. So Lance can immediately be plugged into lineups as a quarterback one. He played only one half of football, but scored as many fantasy points as like a solid QB would during a whole game. <laughs> the rushing ability is real. He's tucking and running it a ton. Uh, there's obvious holes in his game in terms of throwing the football, but with a week of practice, you know he'll be put in a good position to succeed. Um, you know, Next week against the Cardinals could be a shootout. Um, I, I don't know how well he's going to be in a shootout, but I he's going to be in a situation where he's going to have to make plays. That's for sure. Um, so, you know, he did throw two touchdowns in this game. So that, that that's good. Um, Trevor Lawrence, uh, the, the one notable thing about Lawrence in week four, and one of the reasons why I'm mentioning here as a potential pickup, is the fact that he finally had some design runs added to his repertoire, and we knew that he could do that. Um, the read option was a big part of his success last week, oh, well, on Thursday. And if that continues, it's like adding an extra touchdown to each one of his game logs for fantasy if he's, you know, running, you know, 40 yards a game, right? Um, he, he plays the Titans this week, so he is a solid streamer, even though he, he would be down DJ Shark. Taylor Heineke, dude, like, he's still available in 90% of Yahoo leagues. New Orleans next week is tough, but I, I'm okay playing him. Like, he's thrown two touchdowns in two straight games with a rushing touchdown the week before. Uh, then he just threw three touchdowns on Sunday. He's a gunslinger, and now with Curtis Samuel back, he can be worth starting most weeks. There might be other quarterbacks I prefer like this particular week, but like Heineke is a potential every week starter right now. Sam Darnold doing his thing. You know, he's killing it. He, he's being used a ton near the goal line. Uh, he's turning into a bit of a rushing quarterback. He, he, he's a QB1 right now. He has Philly at home next week. So I'm, I'm, I feel pretty confident in starting Sam Darnold most weeks right now, especially with the report that he has with DJ Moore. Um, Daniel Jones is still available in a majority of leagues. He's actually playing well in real life and for fantasy. He gets Dallas this week, and this could potentially be like a, a real shootout. So th- this could be a good game for him. Um, I'm not going to be afraid of Zach Wilson in deeper leagues against Atlanta. He might have all of his weapons for that one. Corey Davis, Jameson Crowder, Elijah Moore. Um, and it's a great matchup. They play that game in London. Um, but if he has all three of his weapons with a, in a great matchup, he could he could do some damage here. Um, moving on to tight ends, Dawson Knox, we, you know, we, we, I mentioned him multiple times, you know, for a couple weeks now because of the fact that he's running a route on a high percentage of Josh Allen's dropbacks uh, and is turning into production, specifically in the touchdown department. Another two, another two touchdowns this week, uh, and he's a clear tight end one right now. Uh, CJ Ozama had a big game on Thursday night. He did run a route on 76% of dropbacks, which is great. Uh, but I'd only start him if T. Higgins misses again. I, I don't think there's enough room for these three wide receivers and Uzama on a weekly basis right now, especially with, you know, given, well, it depends if they're going to go pass heavy without Joe Mixon, but they've been going run heavy over the first three weeks, um, you know, before this Thursday night game. Something to, something to monitor, but uh, I would only play Uzama if T. Higgins was out. Dalton Schultz, he's producing in a big way. Like he's he will be my number one pickup this week at tight end. He's a tight end one move start moving forward. Um, he outran Blake Jarwin eighteen to eight in terms of routes. It resulted in another seven targets in a run heavy game. Um, so you know he's he's building a lot of confidence here. Ricky Seals Jones a little bit interesting with Logan Thomas now missing a few weeks uh, with his injury. It, you know he's not a priority add, but in deep leagues he can be added. He had four targets. He ran 29 routes after Thomas went out. Uh, John Bates, their other tight end they have, he only ran two routes. 
So Seals Jones is the clear guy behind Thomas right now. Um, a couple of defensive streamers, you know, a lot of people are dropping New England. I'd pick them up. You know, they could potentially be your defense every single week. You saw how they were able to limit the Bucks defense on Saturday. I'm sorry, the Bucks offense on Sunday night. Uh, they're a solid defense. You know, they didn't score a ton in terms of like fantasy points, but they do have Houston this week, so that's a great matchup for them. Um, I think Dallas's fantasy defense has held their own through four weeks, and even though it could be a shootout against the Giants, they could potentially get some sacks, get some interceptions. Um, you know that sort of thing. So I'm I'm happy starting Dallas too, if, if if you like, and they're actually turning into a pretty decent defense. All right, let's see. Um, I wouldn't mind Carolina at home against Philly. Like obviously they had a bad fantasy game this past week against Dallas, but against Philly, you know they could potentially do something at home. They've been pretty solid. Um, otherwise, um, let's see. Arizona at home against San Francisco. They their playmaking defense. Uh, they could potentially do some things against Trey Lance. You know, rookie, first start, could make make some mistakes. So I'm fine, you know, starting them if you're in a pinch. Um, Las Vegas against Chicago at home. Uh, that's not a bad option either. Um, so, yeah, you know, Justin Fields obviously going to get the start. Most likely going to get the start next week. We'll see what Andy Dalton's situation is. But uh, Justin Fields, you know, he could be potentially turnover prone. Um, and Vegas at home uh, can do their thing against them. So that's all I got for you guys. Um, I hope you guys get whoever you want on waivers. I hope you guys get that win on Monday night. Um, and with that, I'll see you guys soon. I'm Faraz at Upper Hand Fantasy. Hopefully I'll be back on Instagram soon <laughs> once it comes back up. Uh, but I'll, I'll see you guys there. And I'll see you guys again on Thursday with part one of the Week 5 matchup preview. I'll see you guys then. See ya.